Well, good morning, guys. Happy New Year. Did everybody stay up late last night? Did y'all see the New Year come in? No. Some of y'all did, but a lot of us didn't because we're old and we can't stay up that late. Um, <clears throat> hopefully, you didn't stay up super late and I won't put you to sleep. That's, that's one of my goals today is that you stay awake through the whole service. So, you know, hang in there with me. Um, we'll get through this. I'm battling a little bit of a cough and stuff, so I, if I feel one coming on, I'm going to try to shut this mic off so I don't, like, blow y'all out of the room. But if it happens, I apologize in advance, you know. I'm going to try to prevent that. But um, today we're going to be in the book of Colossians. So if you want to go ahead and find your place there, um, our main text is going to be Colossians chapter 3. <clears throat> um but we will kind of go back and pick up a few of the verses, uh, actually some of them that Eric had kind of covered during our, our call to worship. We'll kind of go back and look at that just to kind of put this whole book in a context a little bit about um, what Paul's writing the church at Colossae and what he's saying to them. And how can we take that and really kind of apply that to our lives today? And so I was kind of thinking about, you know, today, New Year's Day, um, as Eric mentioned, it's kind of, you know, everybody's day to like reset. It's always New Year's Day. It's like, okay, now we refocus on what am I, what, what should I do? What, what should I do with my life? You know, um, do I need to lose weight? Do I need to get another job? Do I need to move? Do I need to, what changes do I need to make in my life um, for this new year? Some of you make resolutions, whatever you want to call it. Uh, but this is always kind of the day that we take and we, and we focus on those things. Um, and so today I want you to really encourage, or I want to encourage you to really focus on your spiritual life and um, what does that look like? <clears throat> and so it really seems like it hasn't been that long ago that we were talking about New Year's 2022, and here we are a year later. Um, it, it just feels like it's only been a few months, but we're here again. And so I just want to kind of ask you just to, just to take a moment and kind of reflect, like, like, what did you think last year? What did you think about last New Year's Day? This is what I'm going to get done this year. 2022, this is my year to blank. Um, and how did that go for you? Like, like, like the things that you set out to do, did you actually accomplish those? Some of you may have. Um, but if you're like me, if you set out to accomplish anything, you probably failed um, because... I never go past the first week or two uh, without totally botching it and just being like, oh, well, I tried. I'll, next year, I'll get it next year. Um, but I really kind of want you to think about, you know, what did your spiritual life look like a year ago? You know, did, did, it, did it progress like you thought it would this past year? And if it didn't, why didn't it? Um, that's kind of what a lot of people in this country use today for is, man, let's look at where I wanted to be and why did I not get there? And what do I have to do now to get to where I want to be? Um, and again, it's just kind of this mental reset. And, and not that this day is special. We make it that way because we have a calendar that says this is the first day of the new year and so we celebrate it. Um, but it is a good time to really think about that and to think about, man, this is time to start. If there was something I was wanting to do, today's the day. Um, today's the day to really pursue that thing. And so I want to look at what Paul was encouraging the church of Colossae to do 
to pursue their spiritual life and and to make sure that they were doing it right to make sure that you know when we when we pursue our spiritual life when we pursue our sanctification whatever you want to call it um, our relationship with the Lord what does that look like and, and are we doing it right um, because that's important you know if we're if we're doing something and, and it's not for the right reason or not the right approach then we're just really kind of wasting time and we don't have enough time on this earth to mess around with our relationship with the Lord and and to get that wrong um, and so that's really and so that's really he says there therefore let no one pass judgment on you in questions of food or drink or or with regard to festival or new moon or a Sabbath in the verse 18 he says let no one disqualify you insisting on oh man I had that word and I, I left it um, asceticism I think that's it like the whole time I've been studying this I had it in my mind and I get up here and I'm like I cannot pronounce this word like this word makes no sense um, it's the medicine it's got to be the medicine um, let no one disqualify you insisting on asceticism and worship of angels going into detail about visions puffed up with reason by his own sensuous mind and you can kind of see this picture he's painting like there's people coming into the church and they're influencing you on hey this is how you're supposed to do it this is the things you're supposed to do and, and that word asceticism it just means uh, severe self-discipline and avoidance of all forms of indulgence typically for religious reasons and then in, in verses 20 through 23 he says if with Christ you die to the elemental spirits of the world why is if you were still alive in the world do you submit to regulations do not handle do not taste do not touch referring to the things that um, all parishes are used according to human precepts and teachings these have indeed appeared or these have indeed an appearance of wisdom in promoting self-made religion and asceticism and severity to the body and here's the key but there's no value in stopping the indulgence of the flesh and so what he's really kind of building up to is you say you want to be a follower of Christ. You say you want your spiritual life to look a certain way. You say you want to do all these things, and, and you know, okay, here's the things I need to quit doing. And, he, and he's like, you're going about it the wrong way. Like, you're pursuing all of these things that people are coming in, and they're, and they're saying, you know, hey, if you do this and this and this, then, then this will make you a better Christian, and this will make you quit doing the things that you don't want to do. And all these things, and so they're bringing in all this outside effort to stop doing bad and start doing good. And so it really kind of made me think about, you know, as we get into these verses, um, what do we do? What are the things that we do to try to please God? And I guess maybe a more important question is, why do we do those things? And so if there's something in your life that you're like, well, I'm going to cut this out because it'll get me closer to the Lord, or I feel like he doesn't want me to do this, so I'm going to cut that out, and our focus is on the thing rather than on Christ, I mean, are we doing it right? It may not be a bad thing to cut out, but again, what's our motive, and what are we doing, and, and what are we focused on? Um, what, do we, what do we do to act more like a Christian? Um, what do you do in, in other people's eyes? to make you appear more holy you know why do you do those things um 
and I, I just kind of jotted down a few things, you know, that, that oftentimes we, we kind of go to and we're like, okay, well, you know, um, maybe, you know, caffeine, caffeine's bad, so I'm not going to drink caffeine because I feel like I shouldn't, you know, and there's some churches that teach that, like caffeine's a drug, don't do caffeine. Um, some people don't believe in taking medicine, which I did because I took some this morning, <laughs> and it's probably a good thing. Um, so people just cut out TV or what they watch on TV or the music they listen to. Um, you have Catholic priests that are like, we can't be married because I guess for some reason that's going to make you closer to the Lord because you don't have a wife. I don't know. Um, the types of clothing you wear, can women wear pants or dresses? Like, like, let's focus on that for a while. And so, like, there's all these things that we try to do to appear more holy, to appear more pleasing to God, and they turn into just legalistic rules that we follow. And, and if we go back to what Paul said, they're of no value in stopping the indulgence of the flesh. You're following some rules, but you're still sinning. You're still living in sin. You're still doing all these things, but hey, you're following a couple rules, so good job. Um, Paul's like, that's not right. Like, this is not the way we go about our Christian life. And maybe this past year, <clears throat> maybe there's some things that you did, and not all those things are bad. And we always have to keep that in mind. You know, what, what I put into my mind through television and through music, like, yes, I, I need to be careful of that. Because if I'm putting the wrong thing in, then the wrong things are going to come back out. But that alone doesn't keep me from sinning. That alone doesn't make me more spiritual because, you know, I don't listen to fill in the blank or I don't watch this show or, or whatever it may be. Like, that alone is not what makes us sanctified. Now, is it bad that we cut that out? No, it's not bad. But oftentimes it's those things that we really grasp hold of that these are what's important. These are the things that's important for me to let go of. These are the things that are going to get me closer to God. And as Paul said, they're not going to do anything to, to stop you from indulging in the flesh. You're going to find something else because your focus is wrong. The things you're thinking about is wrong. You're looking at the, the, the side things and not the main thing. <clears throat> and so that kind of brings us to chapter 3. Um, and so I want to look at this a little bit and... I've got a lot of verses here, but this should go, you know, pretty quick um, for us this morning. So I want to look at verses 1 through 4, Colossians chapter 3. He says, If then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on the things that are above, not on things that are on the earth. For you have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. And when Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. And so he's given us some promises. Um, and he's kind of reminded us of where Christ is. Christ is indeed seated at the right hand of God. That's where he is. That's where he's intercessing or in intercession for us um, with the Father. And yes, we need to focus on him. And yes, he is coming back. Christ is coming back someday to, to gather his saints and, and put an end to all things and, and we will live with him for eternity and he will judge the wicked and they will have everlasting punishment. These things will happen um, and they're true, but, but it's not where I really want to focus your mind this morning. I want to focus your mind 
on on a couple of words here and these are some words that um a while back eric and i got together and he was kind of helping me through how to study and prepare for sermons which by the way guys we're going to do that soon so if you hadn't talked to eric about it talk to eric about it um, because it's really beneficial um but one of the things we talked about was when you look at a passage to find uh, an imperative, to find these verbs, because this is what Scripture is saying, this is what you must do. Here's your action, go do this. And so there's two here that I really want to bring your attention to. And he's, the first one is, he says, now that if you've been raised with Christ, which is kind of the, the prerequisite, you're, you are a believer, you've been raised with Jesus, and because you have been raised with Jesus, seek the things that are above. And so this word here is seek. Paul is telling the church, you must seek the things that are above. Like this is, you've been called to an action. This is not optional. This is not like a suggestion. Um, hey, if you really want to be a good believer, do this. He's saying, no, you must. This is the thing you must do. You must seek the things that are above. <clears throat> and... I don't have to define the word seek for you. You guys know what the word seek means. Um, I was thinking about it, you know, we've got a lot of kids here, and we've all been kids at one time, and I don't know any kid that's never played hide and seek. Like, every kid knows that. Every kid plays that. I mean, you watch them run around after service, somebody will be playing hide and seek. I mean, it happens because we got some good hiding spots, especially under the sound booth there. Um, somebody will be hiding under that thing. Um, but, man, what if you played hide-and-seek and nobody went looking? Like, that's a terrible game of hide-and-seek, right? Like, all the kids go hide, and the kid that's seeking is like, nah. I mean, there's nothing to it. Like, the kids that are hiding are going to be like, why is they not looking for me? Like, they're supposed to be seeking me. Like, like that's part of the point of the game of hide-and-seek is somebody's got to go looking. And this is what Paul's telling us as believers. You've got to go look. You've got to go looking. You've got to go seeking this, um, the things that are above where Christ is. This is what you have to do. Because if you don't, well, basically, you're not playing the game. You're, you're not acting like a believer. You're not doing what you've been commanded to do. Um, Christ is there, and he's like, look at me, and you're like, eh, I'm going to go over here and play. Um, we're being disobedient. Uh, this word... When I, when I looked it up, it shows up in a million places. Probably not a million, but pretty close to a million places in the Bible. Um, I didn't actually count them. But I'm going to give you a couple of verses. Matthew six thirty three. Jesus says, But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and these things will be added to you. You guys have heard that. But again, you've, you're being caught in action. Hey, God will supply your needs. He knows what you need. But seek first the kingdom of God. Like, like you have to do this thing. Seek the kingdom of God, not, not worldly things. And, and God will take care of these needs. Matthew 28, 5 through 6. But the angel said to the, one, or to the women, Do not be afraid, for I know that you seek Jesus who was crucified. He is not here, for he is risen. As he said, come, see the place where he lay. And you guys know this story of, of the tomb when... Um, Mary and the women went to the tomb looking for Jesus. They were seeking him. 
That's what the angel said. You come seeking Christ. You came looking for him. But he wasn't there. That's just a couple of examples. That's what it looks like when we seek the Lord, when we seek. It's it's an action. It's something we've been called to. And then the other um, action that he's calling to is in verse 2. He says, set your mind on the things that are above, not on the things on the earth. And so that phrase, to set your mind, that's another thing you've been called to action. You've been called to do. You've been called to seek the things that are above and to set your mind on the things that are above. These are the two things that Paul is calling us as a church to do. And again, it's, it's, it's how we refocus. It's how we do or why we do what we do. Is because we've made Christ central to everything that we do. That's, he's the thing we want to pursue. Not, not these side things that, that we want to pursue. Not these habits that I want to break or these habits I want to start. Um, but it's Christ. That's what I need to pursue. And if I pursue Christ, these other things will fall away and these other things will come in. Because my focus is where it's supposed to be. I'm seeking who I'm supposed to seek. I'm, I'm looking for him. I'm setting my mind on the Lord. Um, Matthew 16, verses 21 through 23, is kind of using this same phrase. And this is after Jesus asked the disciples, who do people say that I am? And they threw out some answers. And what did Peter say? He says, you're the, you're the Christ. You're the son of the living God. And Jesus was like, you've answered right. Like flesh and blood did not reveal that to you. My father revealed that to you. Like this was a spiritual thing that you have, you have answered. This, this is a spiritual thing that's been revealed to you. And then like the next verses after that, I don't know how much time went by. There probably wasn't much. <clears throat> because it said from that time, Jesus began to show his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things from the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed. And on the third day be raised. And Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him, saying, Far be it from you, Lord, this shall never happen to you. But he turned to Peter, the same guy that said, You're the son of the living God. And he said, Get behind me, Satan. You're a hindrance to me, for you are not setting your minds on the things of God, but on the things of man. That's the same word or the same wording that is being used here. And, and we see that in action with Peter. Because in, in, in one breath, Peter is, is like, yes, I know who you are. And then on the next breath, he's like, no, you can't go die. Like, like I'm not going to let that happen. And Jesus is like, you're not thinking about the things of God. You're focusing on what you want. You're focusing on earthly things. Like, you're, you're, you're thinking that you know what's best. And that's what it looks like when we set our mind on the things of the Lord and when we don't, is that we think we know what's best. We think we know what we want. We think we know what we need. Um, but we don't. You know, we need to rely on the Lord. We need to seek Him and focus on Him and pursue Him and, and just let whatever happens happen. And, and, our, and our pursuit needs to be Jesus and not on these side things. The thing about all of this is it takes a conscious effort because it goes totally against our nature and that's what makes it so hard because our nature is I want my own desires I want to do what makes me happy 
I want to do what feels good, what feels right, whatever you want to say it. Like, that's the thing we want. And that's the thing that's easy. It's easy to satisfy ourselves. But to do these things and to pursue the Lord, like, that's hard. Because it goes against who we are. Yeah, I mean, God has placed his spirit within us to help us do that. But, man, there's such a battle going on with our sinfulness that which one do we choose? And oftentimes we take the path that's easy. Um, And I thought about what Paul said in Romans 7. And so I'm going to read several verses for you, starting in verse 14. And these are verses, again, I mean, you guys know this stuff. He says, For we know that the law is spiritual, but I'm of the flesh, sold under sin, for I do not understand my own actions. You ever been there? I have. Like, what in the world am I doing? That's what Paul's saying. I don't understand my own actions, for I do not do what I want, but I do the very thing I hate. Now, if I do not do what I want, I agree with And he goes on and says, So I find it to be a law that when I do right, evil lies close at hand. For I delight in the law of God in my inner being, but I see in my members another law, waging war against the law of my mind, and making me captive to the law of sin that dwells in my members. Wretched man that I am, who would deliver me from this body of death? Thanks be to God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then I myself serve the law of God with my mind, but with my flesh I serve the law of sin. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. For the law of the Spirit of life has set you free in Christ Jesus from the law of sin and death. For God has done what the law weakened by the flesh could not do by sending his own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin he condemned sin in the flesh in order that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not according to the flesh but according to the Spirit. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh but those who live according to the Spirit set their minds on the things of the Spirit. And so that's, that's the whole key is you may think, okay, man, 2023, this is my year. This is my year. I'm going to seek the Lord. I, I'm going I'm to read my Bible. I'm going to pray. I'm going to do all these things. And in your mind is like, yes, that's what we're going to do. We're going to seek the Lord this year. We're going to seek the Lord with everything we have. But your flesh is like, I don't think so. Like, there's this new show coming out. And we really have got to watch that thing. And so you could read your Bible, but, man, just just watch this, you know. And and there's so many things that tempt us, that pull us away from that. And so we have to realize that we're living in a battle. That maybe your mind says yes, but, man, sin says no. And who are you going to answer to? What is the thing you're going to pursue And if we get our focus on the wrong thing, we're going to fail. And so that's where we have to go back to what Paul is writing here. And he says, seek the things that are above where Christ is seated. Set your minds on the things that are above, not on the things of this earth. We've got to refocus our mind and get our mind in the right spot, and everything else will fall into place. And then just to kind of finish this up, he kind of divides up into, into two sections here where he kind of shows what does it look like to put to death the things that are earthly in you? Like, what does your sinfulness look like? And then 
what does it look like to put on this new self that he's talking about? <clears throat> and so he says in verse 5, put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you. And here's, here's a list of things. Um, sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, and covetousness, which is idolatry. And on account of these things, the wrath of God is coming. And these you too once walked when you were living in them. But now you must put them all away. Anger, wrath, malice, slander, obscene talk from your mouth. Do not lie to one another, see, seeing that you have put off the old self with its practices and having put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge after the image of his creator. And he goes on and says, Here there is not Greek or Jew, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbarians, um, Scythian, slave-free, Christ is it is all in all. And so he kind of gives you a list of, and this is what it looks like. Like, do you ever wonder, am I following Christ? Am I doing what Christ wants me to do? What what's the fruit? What what is being shown in your life? Does it fall under this list of things? Like, do you see this evident in your life? If you do, then you're pursuing the wrong thing. And that's where we need to repent. But then he goes on in verse 12 and he says, Put on then as God's chosen or chosen ones, holy and beloved. Put on compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, patience. Bearing with one another, and if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other. As the Lord has forgiven you, so also you also must forgive. And above all these, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body. And be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs with thanks, thankfulness in your hearts to God. And whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. And so you see a, a, a great contrast between this is what it looks like when you live in the flesh, and this is what it looks like when you live in the Spirit. When you set your things on the things above, when you set your things on Christ, who's in the heavenly places, this is what your life will look like. These are the fruits that you'll, you'll produce. This, this is what is going to be produced in you when, you when you set your mind on the right thing. And when you don't, here's a list of other things, and it's going to be evident, and you're going to know um, what's going on in your life. And so... What I really kind of want to leave you with this morning is hopefully a word of encouragement. A word of encouragement that, how did you do last year? You know, did you pursue the things of Christ? Was your mind in the right place? Were you doing things for the right reason? Were you doing things to glorify Christ and to spread his gospel? And everything was centered around Jesus and his gospel. If so good and do it even more this year but if not today's january the first it's a great day to repent it's a great day to come before the lord and say god i've been failing but i want to repent of that i want to put my mind where it needs to be i want to focus on you i want to make you the center of my life and these things will fall into place the, these things will become evident in your life as he listed, if we pursue the Lord. Now, if, if I pursue 
kindness and humility on my own effort, I'm not going to get it. It's not going to be there. It's, it's going to be evident that it's not there. But if I pursue the Lord, then those, these things will be there. And so this is the day to refocus, to refocus our minds on who the Lord is, on why, why are we doing what we do? Why are we here today? Why do we sing these psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs as we have sung this morning? Like, why do we do that? Are we doing that for the right reason? Are we doing that because our mind is focused on the Lord? Or are we doing that because it, it's the side thing that we're supposed to do? And so that's my encouragement to you today is use this as a day of a new beginning, a day of repentance, a day of refocusing your mind on who the Lord is, to refocus your mind on what we're, what we're doing, what we're thinking while we're here, um, and who we're supposed to be. So um, let's all pray together.